Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the, another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on Letterman Row. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We are talking Buckeyes football recruiting. Uh, again, we, we've been a little bit off on our schedule because we were traveling back and forth to New Jersey. It's midweek now, but we're going to combine this episode and create a super-sode. A super-sode? A super-sode uh, where we're going to talk about one position, uh, like we're going to do until signing day. And then we're also going to talk stuff about uh, the big weekend visitors list for the Penn State game, which uh, is shaping up to be Ohio State's biggest and most important recruiting weekend of the season. Uh, and honestly, the biggest and most uh, extensive list of Ryan Day's tenure so far at Ohio State. But That's just this season. That's, that's just this season. So those two things combine into a super sode. So uh, as we said, last week we talked quarterbacks. Uh, narrowed down and talked about C.J. Stroud, uh, Jaden Delora, a couple other guys like that. This week we're going to talk about the much maligned uh, running back recruiting efforts in the 2020 cycle, uh, a, a group, a position that has driven Buckeyes recruiting fans absolutely bonkers in the last few months. Um, tell them how this started, Spencer. It all started on one day. It kind of just seemed like it was all one day. Beyond Robinson was supposed to be an Ohio State commit, but I think he was committed to quite a few places. Um, committed to quite a few places. Jalen Knighton was supposedly committed to Ohio State. Neither of them panned out. Both of them had uh, external decision makers in their ears, and so neither of them worked out. They both decided to not go to Ohio State, and now Ohio State is in the current pickle that it seems to be in. On top of that, injury to insult. Insult to injury, either way. Kendall Milton was at one time committed there as well, and he decided uh, Kirby Smart was was the coach he was going to play for. So the running back recruiting has been a roller coaster, if there ever has been one. Yeah. And now the Buckeyes sit where they currently sit. It seems like Mayan Williams and uh, where where they sit guys. right now is no current commitment. Um, to to further expound on the point, Bijan Robinson is the country's second ranked running back, five star player from Arizona. Took one visit to Ohio State in June, the weekend of June 14th. That was his official visit. Left that visit, went home, privately issued a commitment to Ohio State that he had expected to wait about a month to announce. Somehow in that month, uh, his his prayers and uh, whatever led him away from Ohio State and uh, to a commitment to Texas, which obviously is an interesting choice just when you look at what Texas does with the running back. Compared to what Ohio State does with the, the running, running back. back, the running back, uh, the running back, Tim Beck will probably not be running back to Texas. He's been the primary recruiter there. The Longhorns don't run the football very effectively, especially to its to their running back. Yeah, because when they run the ball, it's the same Elliott. It's the quarterback run. Um, but either way, I mean, you know, that's that's one of the ways you sell a kid. I guess you say we don't have anyone like you, and once you're here, this will all change, and then hope that they buy it. Um, a lot of times they do, even if it's uh, clearly doesn't seem to fit the mo of of the coach in charge, because that's never been Tom Herman's offense. Uh, it's always been the quarterback run. Yeah, Ohio State fans know that uh, better than anybody. But uh, you know, then you have Jalen Knighton, who's a top ten running back, committed to Ohio State again privately, flipped to Florida State after taking a visit there just about three days before uh, he was expected to announce his decision. Knighton is a player that has tried to get back in touch with the Buckeyes, but um, they're not really interested at this point in, in pursuing that, from what I understand. 
He will not be on campus this weekend for the Penn State game, uh, which is not a surprise. If you've followed Letterman Row, I've told you there's no way that was going to happen. Um, and uh, it's not going to happen. But, you know, what what will happen is that the Buckeyes will get a chance to see Mayan Williams, the running back from Winton Woods High School down in Cincinnati, who's committed to Iowa State, as you mentioned. Uh, he will visit for the Penn State game. And then the Buckeyes will be in a position where they will have had Jameer Gibbs and Mayan Williams on campus in, in, two, in their last two home games and really have an opportunity to try to decide who's the best fit at the position and go from there. Whether or not they get Jameer Gibbs back, the Gibbs is a Georgia Tech commitment from Dalton, Georgia. Whether or not he comes back for an official visit in December is still up in the air. He has said that he is planning to do that, but you know the, the truth is you just can't be sure when it comes to these kids from all over the country who have a, a big decision to make, and he seems very hell-bent on staying closer to home. That's the word out of Georgia, but you know he still has made a visit up to Ohio, and, and he is still talking about taking a second visit. So at what point, if you were a recruit, Spencer, like does the desire to stay close to home get overtaken by the opportunity to play in an NFL-developing powerhouse like Ohio State? Well, I think this is a different case than normal because he has other options. Right. Like if he was in upstate Michigan, he wanted to stay closer to home. You know, that's a different story. But he's down south where a lot of programs want him and then are closer to home than Ohio State. And it's one of those things where you can do both in a yeah. sense for him, whereas in other recruiting circumstances it hasn't been that way. The, the desire to go to Ohio State, I think, it should be weighed just because of what Tony Offord's been able to do with J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber. I mean, Mike Weber, I think, went undrafted, but but is is on an NFL roster. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to everything that you need to know about the Rams. Wasn't he a seventh-round pick? Seventh-round pick? Okay. I knew it was either seventh-round or undrafted. That's the same basic thing. Yeah, he's on an NFL roster. J.K. Dobbins is going to be on an NFL roster. Ezekiel Elliott, that, that speaks for itself. Yeah. What Tony Offord does with running backs is really impressive. And well, then you see the development of Master Teague. You see the opportunity, the, the growth already of Marcus Crowley this year. Steel Chambers looks like he's going to be a right. strong. It's pretty back clear that Alfred is, is really good at developing guys once they're on campus, and I think it's interesting that his reputation as a recruiter has been sort of knocked because these kids changed their mind, and it has nothing to do with him. Like he's still the same guy that these kids committed to. Um, after visiting f for the first time, it's so, not what you do; it's what somebody else does. Yeah. And, and I don't think that you should, if you're an Ohio State fan out there watching this and listening to this, if your first reaction is to blame it on Tony Alford, then you're forgetting that he's the reason that those kids committed in the first place when they were visiting. Now, sure, they ended up changing their mind and they ended up going home and being talked out of it because of family ties elsewhere and family wanting them to stay closer to home. But, you know, Alford clearly did something right in that in those instances, so... You know, we can talk about that all day in, in the, the nuance of recruiting, but the big picture here, like this weekend, for example, E.J. Smith from Dallas is not coming to visit Ohio State, and that's a, a Buckeye decision. So that's off the table. He's off the table. So you have to think he's he, he's probably not a guy that they're going to push for if even if something goes wrong with Mayan Williams because you thought he was – I mean, E.J. had been talking about visiting for the this game for the last six months, and now he's not visiting. And when you start to read between those lines, you can get a pretty good sense that right now Mayan Williams is still the front runner in the clubhouse to be uh, the the running back recruit in this class. 
if he decides he wants to be. And, and I, I know that it sounds crazy to people who grew up in Ohio and who are Buckeyes fans, but he's committed elsewhere. He's been committed there for five months. He really likes Iowa State. He really likes Matt Campbell and the program there. He thinks he can go there and be a star. He's watched David Montgomery and guys like that in the NFL come out of Iowa State and, and be uh, NFL running backs. And so now you have to wonder, does he want this? Does he want the spotlight of Ohio State? I, I think the thing we have to remember is recruiting is not the same as it was even when Letterman Rose, Beanie Wells. Right. Like, you know, if Beanie was getting recruited now, it's not a guarantee a home run that he would stay home to Ohio State yeah. just because he's from Ohio. And Beanie will tell you, he almost went to USC, but... You know, that was when USC was the number one program in the country. It's just not the same. Schools have such a national scope because of social media and just the way college football is now. Just because you grew up in... We were just talking before the show. Justin Fields grew up a Georgia fan. Yeah. And eventually had to make the decision to leave Georgia. So it's not always, hey, you were a fan of this school. They offered, so you're going to go there. Yeah. These recruits have to do what they think is best for them. If Mayan Williams still thinks Iowa State's best for him, it doesn't matter if he bleeds scarlet and gray. And a lot of these times, these kids who grow up bleeding scarlet and gray but don't get an offer from Ohio State until September of their senior year, all of a sudden feel this, like, slight, right, which they shouldn't. And I, I'm not going to suggest that that's the right approach by the kids or their families. And you also don't suggest that's what Maya Williams feels. Right, and, I, and I'm not speaking on his behalf. But, I mean, I can tell you from following this over the last handful of years that there is sometimes that feeling of, oh, they, they went after all these other running backs and not me, screw them. But... Uh, bottom line, when we're talking about the running back position in the class of 2020 for Ohio State, and that's what we're breaking down, breaking down the running backs. Super Sode. The Super Sode. Because part two's coming. If Mayan Williams shows up on Saturday, as he's expected to, then I can't see any other outcome other than him flipping to Ohio State in the near future. Now, near future meaning sometime before December 18th. Which is just like a month, less than a month away. So you know that that's what I think you're watching here. If he shows up, which he's expected to, today is Wednesday. Things can change in the recruiting world, and certainly uh, do regularly. But if he shows up on Saturday for the Buckeyes game against Penn State, I think that's a pretty good indicator on his part of wh what he's thinking about doing. He's been offered by Ohio State now for more than two months and has not been on campus despite living an hour and a half away. Clearly, been an intentional. Uh, decision on his part to not do that because the Buckeyes have had five home games in that time span. So I think if he's making the ver if he's making the verdict to 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 if he's making the decision to visit, then I think you can start to look at a potential verdict in his recruiting. Makes sense to me. So that's where we're at. That's the running back speaking, situation. Speaking of my way of visiting. Speaking of my way of visiting, he is the, the highlighter, I guess, the highlighted uh, running back recruit visiting this weekend. But he's certainly not alone when it comes to oh boy, Ohio State uh, hosting a number of big-time guys this weekend. So, you know, we can break down the list uh, any which way you want. But, you know, we'll start with the Ohio State commitments expected in town. Uh, Mookie Cooper will be visiting. I do not believe that Julian Fleming is going to visit this weekend for the Penn State game, which is sure to set the internet aflame because people want to uh, search for any like opening or, or crack in his commitment or some sort of idea that he's he can't bear to go watch Ohio State when they're playing Penn State because he loves the Nittany Lions or whatever. Oh, just because he's from Pennsylvania? I think we just talked about that. Right, but th the truth is Fleming has a playoff game on Friday night. That game doesn't end until, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. 
if he and his family want to make the drive over, which they still they still may, it's not been decided. He told me he wasn't sure yet, but it just doesn't feel like he's going to make the trip to me. That's a six and a half hour drive on Friday morning, leaving at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. to get there, uh, to get on campus. I just don't know that he's going to do it. So if he doesn't show up, the last thing anyone should do is buy into any rumors that he's doing it because he doesn't want to go see Ohio State, Penn State because he's, you know, thinking about flipping or whatever. And so don't be that person. Don't go on the internets. This is going to be one of those recruiting that the recruiting battles that people will not shut up about until there's a, si- a signature yeah. on the line. Julian Fleming, much like Mookie Cooper, much like G. Scott, much like Jackson Smith and Jigba, is expected to enroll early for Ohio State. He'll be on campus in January. But like Jackson Smith and Jigba, like G. Scott, is still playing football right now. He's trying to win a state championship because that is a group of guys that plays on winning teams, and they are winners, and so they are playing their football game, which is more important to them than going to an Ohio State one at this point. Same thing for Cameron Martinez. That's why he won't be in town. Um, But when you look down the rest of the list for Ohio State, I think pretty much everyone's going to be visiting. Paris Johnson, Josh Fryer, Grant Tutant, which those guys are always, mostly always Jack Miller's not going to make it. He's out in Arizona. He's not going to make it. Uh, Lathan Ransom is not going to make it. He's still playing in the playoffs. Clark Phillips, despite playing on Friday night, is heading over. Ryan Watts will be in town. All uh, Five of the six offensive line commitments, Luke Whippler will not make the trip over. He plays on Saturday afternoon. Um, Ty Hamilton, Jacoby Cowan's coming up from North Carolina. I do not have any confirmation from Mitchell Melton if he's making the visit at this point. Court Williams will not make it. Uh, it's pretty telling that Ryan Watts will be here, though. Yeah, I mean, that's this a, is that's a big, that's a big visit. It's a big visit. I mean, he's a guy that uh, is really needs this sort of visit to get comfortable with, uh, you know, number one, weather. Number two, getting to know the guys in the class Legend a lot and Clark better. Being there, Le- be big. Right, Legend Cavazos is making his trip up. It'll be his official visit. Trey Larue's making his official visit. Uh, Jacob James is making his official visit. I assume Joe Royer will be there with James as well. They play on Friday night. Um, you know, so ultimately, you have this huge game, this mega game as the backdrop for uh, a recruiting weekend that is very pivotal for the class of 2020 as far as the bonds that they're building, okay? But now when you're talking about actual recruiting being done by Ohio State, that is really happening in the class of 2021 this weekend. And this list is huge. And I mean, it, it's certainly incomplete. Um, you know, we, we can assume that there will be a lot of other guys that show up that we don't have names for that haven't confirmed. But, you know, we'll start at running back there. Evan Pryor, a four-star running back from North Carolina, will make his second trip up to Columbus. It's a big game for him. His sister goes to Penn State. Early in his recruitment, Evan Pryor was expected to go to Penn State. Everyone, go to Penn State. Everyone thought that's where he was going to go. That's sort of changed now. Georgia's in the mix. Clemson's in the mix. Ohio State's in the mix. Uh, you know, Pryor's a guy that's very high on that that group of 2021 running backs where that includes like Will Shipley and uh, uh, Donovan Edwards up in Michigan and Lavasia Carroll down in Georgia, uh, who's from IMG Academy, but from Georgia. It's so confusing sometimes. Yeah, it is. I need a drink. But the offensive linemen, defensive linemen list, I think I count nine offensive linemen and like 10 defensive linemen. They're obviously not going to all go to Ohio State. That's not going to happen. It cannot happen in the class, but they're all going to visit. They're all going to get a good feel for what a, an Ohio State home game looks like and the biggest home game of the year. Um, yeah, it's really important this weekend 
for Ben Chrisman, who's the 2021 offensive line commit from uh, Richfield, Ohio. This is an opportunity for Ben to really start to narrow in on a handful of guys that Ohio State is very high on on the offensive line, including Donovan Jackson uh, from Bel Air, Texas, making his way up. He has a ton of family in Ohio. He's actually going to spend the whole week in Ohio and spend Thanksgiving in Cincinnati with his family. Uh, J.C. Latham, who's originally from Wisconsin, but is uh, down at the IMG Academy, is another guy that's very high in Ohio State. He's a first-year offensive lineman, but at 6'6", 285, 290 pounds, really looks like the prototypical tackle uh, and is a guy that uh, is very high on the Buckeyes starting back in his first visit to the school in April. When he made that visit, he was coming in as a defensive line prospect. Now he's an offensive line prospect. So I think it'll be fascinating to watch because in April it was all about hanging out with Jack Sawyer. And now it'll be about hanging out with Jack Sawyer and Ben Chrisman. Uh, and again, as a Wisconsin guy, he's certainly not going to be uh, put off by the weather or any of the you know particulars of the Midwest this time of year. So yeah. that's always good, especially when you're talking about a kid from yeah, Florida. The, the other guys like Rocco Spindler, Jagger Burton, uh, I mean, this list is extensive on the offensive line, and it might be even more extensive on the defensive line because we haven't even got there yet. With I know uh, you were going to touch on it, but uh, Tumiche, oh, I'm going to try and get it right, Tumiche Adeleye yes. is, is not going not to visit. Five-star defensive lineman from Texas. He is... Unfortunately, he's still playing in the play- – not unfortunately. Unfortunately for Ohio State, he's still playing Fortunately for him. Uh, in the playoffs, and he wouldn't uh, couldn't figure out a flight that was really going to get him into town in Columbus uh, early enough to make it worth the trip. There were flights available that would have landed him about 10.30 in the morning, but then you miss all the pregame stuff. You don't really get a lot of time with the coaches after the game on Saturday, which a lot of people think that – like, I don't know, people think that coaches after the game just sit around the facility and – hang out all night with recruits, but that's not what happens, especially on uh, huge game weekends like this. Now, if there's a guy that like Donovan Jackson, for example, will be in town on Sunday, so he's going to spend some time with the coaches. But for the majority of these kids making this trip, it's not about this is my chance to sit down and really get to know Ryan Day. This is this, this is my chance to go hang out and right. talk to Jack Sawyer and talk to Ben Christman and see why they committed. Right, and it's about the atmosphere at Ohio Stadium. It's about the the noise and the spectacle of college football. That's why the kids are making this visit, because they want to see if Ohio State, if the vibe around the Buckeyes program is as uh, emphatic and as real as they're led to believe it is. So I think it's inter- it'll be interesting to watch Jack Sawyer on the sidelines, because what we usually see from Jack Sawyer is he hangs out with the same guys every time, and he's just having a good time, always uh, yeah. seems to be really loose. So Marcus Bradley's visiting, Michael Hall's. I don't want to get through all of these because we could just sit here and listen. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple big ones, and I'll, I'll just dive into those. Damian Robinson from Maryland uh, is is on the very short list of, like, if, if there's a list that includes Jack Sawyer in the class of 2021 of, this is who we want, 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 underscore, triple line, uh, high, you know, exclamation point, capitalized. Damian Robinson from Quince Orchard in Gaithersburg, Maryland, is one of them. So I just think it'll be interesting for Jack to watch Jack Sawyer work the crowd. Yeah, especially because he can be doing it on crutches. Uh, he almost needs to be like, is going to have to act as like a politician. Yeah. And, you know, really sell the program from his point of view because um, – this is his class, yeah. and it's kind of a weird thing because Kyle McCord's committed in 2021 as well, but this is Jack Sawyer's class. Well, it's one of the perks of having a class leader be a highly ranked player from your hometown because every single week, Ambassador Sawyer 
is on the sideline working and trying to get kids to understand why he picked Ohio State. So when you see Marcus Bradley and, and then again his teammate at uh, Quince Orchard is Damian Robinson, they're making the trip over. Uh, Monkel Goodwine, another uh, highly ranked four-star defensive really lineman from Maryland, is making the trip over. Jason Anye from Rhode Island, I wrote about him and dotting the eyes on Tuesday. He's a really intriguing guy to me. And like when Ohio State in the last few years has tried uh, and failed to recruit uh, David Ajobo, who went to Michigan, Jason uh, Owe, who went to Penn State, who the Buckeyes will see this weekend, number 22 for Penn State. You'll see why the Buckeyes like him. Six foot five, 250 pounds, runs like a sprinter, super long arms, kind of one of those freaky athletes. He's a, a guy who came over from Nigeria, very athletic. Uh, and the Buckeyes really wanted him, but he ended up at Penn State. Uh, uh, Jason Anye from Rhode Island is only a three-star prospect now, but watch him and, and see what happens moving forward because he's a guy that could really turn into uh, someone to watch in the class of 2021. Special athlete, very raw to football, took four years off of the game and only started playing again a sophomore year because he was playing basketball. Thought that was going to be his, his way, but he's changed his mind. He's six foot five, 245 pounds. Really looks like the prototypical edge rusher that the Buckeyes have been searching for in the class of 2020, but haven't been able to find. Uh, so I think that's interesting. Aaron Armitage is actually from the Blair Academy uh, in New Jersey. He's visiting this weekend, and that's the school that produced OA and King Ajobu. So, you know, there's a little tie there, and, and Armitage is down to Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So, Clearly, there's a relationship between his coach, uh, Jim, Jim Blair, I'm sorry, Jim Saylor over there at Blair Academy, who was a college teammate of James Franklin's. Interesting. So there's a lot of weird ties there. But Armitage is a guy that the Buckeyes are really evaluating and trying to figure out how he fits in. He's a four-star guy, 6'4", uh, 242 pounds. Maybe not as polished yet uh, or as athletic as someone like Anye. Uh, or is as polished as a guy like uh, Adeleye, but intriguing prospect nonetheless. Um, you know, and again, this list, these people we're talking about, and I know we're kind of just whipping through them here. Um, it, it is certainly by no means a complete list, uh, and a ton of other kids will show up that we won't be knowing about uh, them coming. But you know, I'll do my best to to update. Take pictures of their name. Tags. Take pictures of the name tags and update everyone uh, on Sunday. But one thing I think is really interesting is the class of 2021 is Michael Hall from Streetsboro, Ohio, a defensive tackle prospect who has an offer from Ohio State. I was told after he was offered that, you know, somebody inside of the WAC told me that they thought he was the best in-state defensive line prospect in Ohio in the last five years, which is defensive tackle prospect, let me be clear. Uh, so that's interesting. So, like... As we've talked about before, the Buckeyes can't just offer kids in Ohio and then not recruit them, right? Mm -hmm. So that is intriguing to watch. And he's telling me he's not going to commit this weekend, but you just never know with, with these kids in the state. And that's what brings me to Tegra Tashabola, a 2022 offensive lineman from Lakota West High School in Westchester. And he's another one who has an offer from Ohio State, but he says he's not going to commit. But, he, you know, it's hard to push back against that urge when you're in an environment like there's going to be on Saturday. And uh, he's, Teshabola is uh, the front runner to be the first commitment in the class of 2022. I don't know if it's coming this weekend, but I would be shocked if he doesn't end up being that guy. And at six foot six, 300 pounds as a, as a 15 year old. Um, That's insane. 
he looks the part. And what Ben Chrisman has been able to do in the class of 2021 is sort of that, that you know, starting point for the offensive line in that group. I think that Tegra will be the guy to do that in the class of 2022. And then staying in 2022, there's uh, Gabe Powers from Marysville, who was offered by Ohio State this last week, a linebacker defensive end prospect. He's another guy that I don't know how long he's going to wait, um, but these sort of weekends are pretty important for guys like like Powers, who reminds me a little bit of Reed Carrico, 2021 linebacker commit, who decided after visiting Ohio State in the for a game early in the season, oh, screw it, I'm ready. He, he had talked for months about how he was going to take his time take and his take time. his time. Not, not worry about falling under pressure. And then right. And then he visits once and he's like, you know what? Why am I doing this? I know that's where I'm going to go. I know it's where I want to be. Why put it off? So I don't know if Powers will be in that same boat, but you know, I think he's a guy to watch as well. We can also talk about the defensive back bullet position uh, because I think that this is one spot where I don't have a, a huge number of names that I know are coming, but... Again, right now I probably have 60, 60 names or so, 45, 50 names on this list that we're looking at. Should have counted, Brent. And you can almost expect that number to double uh, as far as total guys that will show up. But uh, two names that I'm really interested in are Bryce Steele from Virginia, who's a, a bullet uh, prospect, linebacker, defensive back hybrid, who visited Ohio State in the summer and camped and earned an offer then. Uh and then Andre Turrentine from Nashville, who is really starting to kind of creep up the list. He's visited LSU. He's got some big-time offers in the SEC, like the Tigers. The Buckeyes have really done a good job in the last handful of years in Tennessee. And I think that getting him on campus now makes him one of those guys to really pay attention to in the next four or five months as he, you know, all these kids start to wind down that list and, and start looking towards springtime decisions and springtime official visits. It's a long list. It is a long a list. A lot of guys. And, you know, I, I think in looking at it, you know, there are some names like Jalen Johnson from Cincinnati LaSalle High School was expected to visit. He is not going to make the trip. He, has a, he said he's having a family birthday dinner or something. That, well, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. They're still in the playoffs, but he's still going to, you know, his teammates, uh, Devontae Smith, who's a, a very intriguing 2021 defensive back, and then Jake Seibert are still going to make the trip. So clearly they're they're able to, to be there. But you know, for Jalen, it's he's been to campus three times, and it's not a huge deal. It sucks. He said it sucks that he's missing the game, but you know, family dinners are family dinners. So, um, for you, again, I like to I like to put you in the position of the recruit because you're so fresh faced and new. What would be most important to you when you're making a visit for a game like this? Probably atmosphere. I, I think the whole noon game is oversold. I think you wrote about it. You wrote about it. Noon game doesn't matter. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan's at noon every year, and that's that's a it's a crazy atmosphere. Uh, to me, the biggest thing is like, this is a little bit of a soapbox thing. Right. It'll also get back to recruiting. Like fans complain about a noon game as if they don't have control over how the atmosphere is. Right. Fans complain. I don't want to go sit at a noon game because it's boring. Well, you have the you are the person who makes it not boring. Yeah. So, uh, for fans to say noon games suck, well, recruits seem to like it because there's like sixty guys on this list. They don't mind it. Yeah, I mean, and it's true that, you know, it does make it difficult for some guys, again, like uh, Tumiche out of Leye. To, if this was a night game, he would be. If here. it's a night game, he's going to make the it. The Big Ten says it can't be a night game. Right, and so anybody who's complaining about this game being a noon game, 
and thinking it was going to be a 7.30 game aren't paying attention anyway because the Big Ten won't allow night games this late in the season. Unless Penn State said, okay, yeah, let's go play a night game there. So a 3.30 game, I understand people wanting it to be a 3.30 start, but th this is the way we are now. Like, this is Fox and the Big Ten making this decision, and it's all about TV ratings and all about TV money. And I get it that there are some uh, purists out there who are going to be frustrated by that. But the reality of the matter is that Ohio State at Michigan, as you said, is a noon game every year. Uh, if you were in Ohio Stadium last year uh, at noon against Michigan or two years ago, uh, three years ago, 2016, at noon against Michigan or 2014 or 2012 or any 2010 or any game, they like it's crazy in that stadium. The 2017 game against Penn State was crazy. It will be crazy again Saturday, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The atmosphere would be the most important thing. Because on this visit, you have to know that you're not going to get a lot of time with the coach, like Ryan Day said, Tuesday. So the fact of the matter is, take in the atmosphere. Make sure you take a couple minutes to just be alone and make sure that you realize like yeah. the magnitude of these games that you get to play in. And that, I think, would be the most important thing for a fresh-faced person. Even though I'm even out of college. You're a fresh-faced baby. So here's what I'm going to say. If you, you know, I've written about this at Letterman Row before, but I, I talk about it fairly regularly when I talk about culture fit and personality fit, right? If you see a recruit or hear about a recruit from this weekend complaining about not having enough time with the coaches, that player is not a fit at Ohio State because the Buckeyes are trying to win a national championship. And I would be expecting Ryan Day to find some way to get a message out to all the kids that are coming to town this weekend, right? Like to say, hey, listen, we value your time and your money that you're spending to come visit, but me and my coaches are trying to win a national championship. And as important as that atmosphere would be. Right. And I think a national championship ring has a little bit more pull than just the overall atmosphere of one game does. I mean, I know the Penn State game, it's going to be crazy. Yes, there are going to be a ton of people there. The, the sidelines are going to be packed with recruits, media. I mean, Letterman Row will be down there. Check us out, Letterman Row. But yeah. The atmosphere does not outweigh a national title ring. Ryan Day needs to prepare for that way more than he needs to worry about yeah. one game's worth of recruiting. You're talking about game day being there, the Fox pregame show, Big Ten, everything. The atmosphere in Ohio Stadium is not going to be a problem on Saturday afternoon as long as the Buckeyes go out there and put on a show that will make the crowd frenzied. And that's really what this comes down to is when you know that you're not going to spend a lot of time with recruits, what you have to do is put on a performance that the recruits go home and talk about. And that's going to be the goal for Ohio State. You know what I think is kind of weird? That Penn the Wisconsin game had so much build-up to it. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of recruits there. By the third quarter, by the end of the third quarter, when Ohio State had finally yeah. gained that lead, the fourth quarter was kind of... It was kind of... It was dull, but it was also damp as crap. It was yeah, super, no, I agree with that. That atmosphere was not uh, conducive to really people going crazy for the fourth quarter. But, you know, the, the truth here is that Ohio State needs to go out and win, and that's how they're going to win recruits this weekend. So that's where we're going to end this super-sode. I'm Jeremy Birmingham for Letterman Row. That's Spencer Holbrook. Please like, subscribe, hit the bell, uh, watch us, like us, talk about us. Talk about stuff with us, but try to not talk about how slovenly we look because we're just dudes talking stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we don't need to we don't need to be insulting each other. Let's have a Everybody love everybody. If you have an Ohio State recruiting question, you can put it in the YouTube comments. Usually we only take them from Twitter, but I'm sure Berm wouldn't mind doing yeah, it. Yeah, I would love to actually branch out and go away from Twitter because Twitter drives me a little crazy sometimes. So anyway, it's going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys uh, early next week. We'll do a post-visit update on uh, 
majority of these visitors and the key guys especially. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.